0: Welcome to the Fanboy and the Hater, a podcast about the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture. This is a Jimmy-sode, a mini-episode produced, hosted, and edited by Jim Harris. So the views and opinions expressed are all Jimmy's. Star Wars. is one of our favorite topics on this podcast, in part due to how much I loved the original trilogy of Star Wars movies, A New Hope, the Empire Strikes Back, and The Return of the Jedi. Okay, hit it! Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Han Solo, Captain of the Millennium Falcon. Somebody has to save our skins. Let go. The Force is strong with this one. what all this trouble is about but i'm sure it must be your fault i think we're in trouble this is a dangerous time when you will be tempted by the dark side i'm not afraid you will be try not do or do not there is no try I love you. I know. The Force is with you, Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. Together again, huh? Wouldn't miss it. How are we doing? Same as always. That bad, huh? Soon the rebellion will be crushed. That young Skywalker will be one of us. Vader, you must confront Vader. Light is coming in. I'll never turn to the dark side. So be it. Ah. Boba Fett? where? I am a Jedi. Like my father before me. Now, I'm not one of those Star Wars fans that tries to tell you that the original trilogy were the greatest movies ever made. They weren't. But I loved them, especially due to the time in my life that I experienced them. I was 6 years old when A New Hope came out and it was the first movie I ever saw in a theater. And I was 12 years old when The Return of the Jedi came out. So those movies came along at a crucial part of my childhood and early adolescence. They started a lifelong fandom for space-based science fiction, and it really would be difficult to impossible for me to love any movie franchise the way that I loved the original Star Wars movies. They opened up such a great world of possibility and imagination, since they alluded to a story that happened before them and made you wonder about what would happen next. Because that world of imagination and possibility is what gave rise to the so-called expanded universe. Where comics, books, and video games explored exactly what could have happened in, around, before, and after the Star Wars original trilogy. Now Lucasfilm always tolerated and moderated the expanded universe. They tolerated it because it was copyrighted content that they were getting paid for, but they moderated it in the sense that they said that certain stories and story ideas should be off limits, but they always had the baseline that the only thing that was canon were the movies, and they reserved the right to ignore or contradict anything that happened in the Expanded Universe. And it would be 16 years until we actually got new Star Wars canon when in 1999, the prequel trilogy, The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. May the Force be with you. I've encountered a virgin in the Force. The boy is dangerous. Is he to become a Jedi? Yes. All is true there are a master and an apprentice you have been well-trained they will be no match for you I have a bad feeling about this if you'll excuse me I hate it when he does that what if I told you that the Republic was now under the control of the Dark Lord of the Sith? There aren't enough Jedi to protect the Republic. We're keepers of the peace, not soldiers. You are the most gifted Jedi I have ever met. You're not all-powerful. Well, I should be. Everything is going as planned. Begun the Clone War. has. Yes. the Jedi I should be I want more leave everything else behind while we still can you're under arrest Chancellor <laughs> you are the chosen one Rise, Lord Vader It couldn't possibly be as bad as all that. And it wasn't. The prequels weren't great. It's easy to pick on them for having things like bad dialogue and an overuse of CGI, but I liked the prequels. Even if they had been better films, there's no way that I could have loved them the same way that I loved the original trilogy. However, there were still stories in there that I found interesting. I always wanted to know more about things like how Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader, more about the Empire and the Emperor, more Jedi Knights beyond Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda. And we got that in the prequels. It's still surprising to me that the prequels don't suck. Some people think that they do, but I would say, you know what, it's amazing that they were even able to tell a story that's good enough for me to like, given the fact that going into it, we knew exactly how the prequels were going to end. The bad guys were going to win. So there were lots of stories that we knew, but it's interesting that the prequels were able to tell us more about things that I never knew how interesting Palpatine was. I never really knew the canon story about how the Republic became the Empire. I never imagined that it would be an interesting story about stormtroopers, the clone troopers that they had in the prequels. And I did love the things that I knew I was going to see. More of Obi-Wan and Yoda, more of the other Jedi. So again, they're not great, but I like those movies and I can still enjoy them today because even though the overall movies aren't great, there's still scenes in every single one of those movies that I enjoy. The Darth Maul lightsaber battle at the end of Phantom Menace, the Count Dooku battles with Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Yoda at the end of Attack of the Clones, and the epic lightsaber battle between Anakin and Obi-Wan at the end of Revenge of the Sith. But there were also other parts of the prequels that were good as well. So even though they had things in them that I didn't like, things like pod racing, Jar Jar Binks, and the painful Anakin Padme romance, I can ignore those parts and just enjoy the parts of the movies that I do and continue to watch them and enjoy them. But like I said, I loved the original trilogy. I liked the prequels. But I knew going in that the more canon that we got, the more it was going to take away the world of possibility and imagination and replace it with, this is the way it was. And that was always going to be a slippery slope about getting more Star Wars content. And we didn't have to wait too long for the next piece of canonized Star Wars content. Because just a few years after the prequel trilogy, George Lucas executive produced the Clone Wars animated series. It was set in between the events of Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And I like the Clone Wars animated series because it helped expand, pun intended, the Star Wars universe. It showed us more of the galaxy by giving us more planets, more species, more stories, and more characters. It also showed us more of the actual Clone Wars themselves where the movies really focused on the beginning and end of the Clone Wars. We also saw some really interesting stories investigating other parts of Star Wars lore And met some very interesting new characters, Ahsoka Tano being probably the best amongst them, a padawan learner under Anakin Skywalker. Obviously, we saw a bit more of Anakin's eventual descent into darkness, but we also got to spend a lot more time with the Jedi Knights that would be killed by Order 66 in Revenge of the Sith. When I look back on the prequel trilogy, I look back at it combining it with the Clone Wars animated series because it does fit very well together and it actually makes me enjoy the prequel trilogy better. It still doesn't make me like the prequel trilogy as much as I did the original trilogy, but it still makes that a really nice piece of Star Wars canonized content. And it was the first time that we actually got something endorsed by Lucasfilm that was considered canon but was not a part of one of the live action trilogy movies. Around the time that the Clone Wars animated series was wrapping up, we had a watershed moment in Star Wars history when in 2012, Disney acquired Lucasfilm. At the time, it looked to me like a good news, bad news type of situation. The good news was that a big corporate conglomerate like Disney acquiring Lucasfilm would mean that we probably would get more Star Wars content more frequently. The bad news is I wasn't sure exactly if I would like their content, how good it would be, or even what actually the target audience of Disney's Star Wars would really be. Two years after their acquisition, in 2014, just before they started to put out the first of their new Star Wars content, Disney announced that the expanded universe would now be considered non-canon, and that going forward, only the six movies from the first two trilogies and the Clone Wars animated series would be the only things considered canon in Star Wars. At the time, I didn't really have any issues with the announcement because, basically, all of that other stuff was always considered non-canon. And, in fact, the expanded universe, which at that point had been around for about 30 years, had a lot of material in it and, quite frankly, quite a lot of it wasn't all that good. Even the best of it was at best good and there was a lot of stuff that was just okay and some that was downright awful. Now, I myself have probably read 30 to 50 novels in that expanded universe. I can't put an exact number on how many I did read because there were many books that were part of a multi-book series that I stopped reading after a couple of books because I didn't like the story. Even some standalone books that I stopped reading because, again, I didn't like the story. That's not to say that there isn't good material in the expanded universe. There were some actually some excellent characters. One of my favorite was Mara Jade a woman who would become Luke Skywalker's wife and the mother of his child. There were also a lot of good story ideas in there, like the new Jedi Order that Luke formed allowed the Jedi to marry and have children. But a lot of the best Star Wars material that I enjoyed in the expanded universe actually occurs before the timeline of the prequels, going back to the Old Republic and telling stories about Jedi and Sith long before the Star Wars that we know in the prequels. Probably why I liked some of that material the best is it was the safest storytelling space and I didn't have to worry about any of those stories running into the characters and storylines of the canonized materials created by the Star Wars trilogy. For me, it really wasn't that big of a loss to lose the expanded universe to being non-canon and from that point forward, Disney would call it Star Wars Legends and an important distinction was That it would no longer allow new Star Wars legends. So that was really the biggest distinction for me. It wasn't so much that that was going to be considered non-canon. It was that going forward Disney would be managing a new expanded universe where everything was canon and that was the big tonal shift which I'll come back to. But first the biggest test of Disney Star Wars and where it could, if at all, fit into my Star Wars fandom would be how it would follow up the events of my beloved original trilogy and how it would conclude the so-called Skywalker saga. Which takes us to the sequel trilogy that began in 2015 with The Force Awakens, followed by 2017's The Last Jedi and most recently 2019's The Rise of Skywalker. There are stories about what happened. Now. Coming together is your undoing. What are you doing there, three PO? Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. Of a Jedi, your destiny, the force will be with you. The sequel trilogy definitely did not go the way that I thought it would and it seemed like they were unnecessarily killing the past to make Star Wars become what Disney and J.J. Abrams thought it was meant to be. One of my biggest problems with The Force Awakens was the fact that J.J. Abrams was chosen as its director. I've never been a fan of J.J. Abrams. One of his core storytelling ideas is what he calls the mystery box which he famously described in a 2007 TED talk, if you want to look it up. But the idea behind it basically boils down to mystery is more important than knowledge. And that mystery box concept played a huge part in why Rey was such a mysterious character. But beyond that, J.J. Abrams also had a bad reputation with me for how he rebooted and remade another sci-fi franchise that I love, Star Trek. He did a reboot remake of Star Trek going back to the days of Captain Kirk Enterprise crew and he wanted to make movies with those characters played by new actors. The only saving grace in Star Trek is he used a time travel trope to create an alternative timeline so that the new Trek movies existed in essentially an alternate universe. And in Star Trek's a good example, his first rebooted movie wasn't all that bad, but his idea of remaking became obvious when his second movie was just a really horrible remake of The Wrath of Khan, one of the best Star Trek movies ever. That same reboot remake philosophy is what he brought to the Star Wars film franchise. He did a reboot of the original trilogy while also remaking it at the same time. However, here we don't have a time travel trope to save us. It's not an alternative timeline or an alternative universe. It's a continuation of what happened before with new characters that are basically archetypes of the old characters. As George Lucas himself said, he was disappointed with the lack of originality in The Force Awakens. It's basically a new hope. The First Order is the new Empire, the Resistance is the new Rebellion, Starkiller Base is the new Death Star, Snote is the new Emperor, Kylo Ren is the new Darth Vader, Rey is the new Luke, and the Old Luke is the new Obi-Wan. But with all of the problems I had with it, I still was okay with the fact that J.J. Abrams at least is relatively good at starting stories, he's just bad at ending them. Which is why I was happy that he would only be involved with the making of the first movie. The Last Jedi, which was the next movie, was fucking horrible. And in part because half of that movie is a complete waste of screen time. The only significant parts of that movie are the scenes that involve Luke, Rey, Kylo and Snoat. The other half of that movie felt like Ryan Johnson just wanted to give the cast and the rest of the story something to do to bide their time while he dealt with the other half of the movie. The slow-motion space chase and the Casino Planet side quest really wasted a lot of valuable screen time. The other half of the movie, again, the Luke, Ray Kylo, Snoke part of the movie, was the part of the movie that divided Star Wars fandom. However, it was neither as bad as the people who said they hated it said it was, nor was it as bold as the people who said that they loved it said it was. It's going to be very difficult for the third movie to stick the landing, not only on the sequel trilogy, but also on the entire Skywalker saga. And Disney panicked a little when they saw how divided the Star Wars fandom was over The Last Jedi, which had to have been one of the reasons why they fired the original director of the third movie, Colin Trevorrow, and then brought in... J.J. Abrams. Again, as I said before, he's okay at starting things, but he's terrible at ending them. And that made me go into Rise of Skywalker with disastrous expectations, which were effectively met. I'm going to save most of my detailed thoughts about Rise of Skywalker for other episodes, including discussions with Mike. But the first time I saw the movie, I was deeply disappointed. The second time I went in knowing that I didn't like the story and I allowed myself to try to latch on to the ephemeral joy of the nostalgic fan service that is peppered throughout the movie. My biggest issue with the sequel trilogy is not its profound lack of imagination, but its profound lack of respect for the original trilogy, its heroes, and their story. Han and Leia become failed parents and failed spouses. Han is murdered by his own son. Luke is not only a failed Jedi Master, but a failed brother, friend, and generally a failed person. The New Republic that the Rebellion fought for was a failed experiment, and they never really defeated either the Empire or the Emperor. All of the biological Skywalkers in the Skywalker Saga die, killed by force exhaustion, making suicide by force definitely the worst new force power in the sequel trilogy. But perhaps my greatest problem is that the ultimate battle of good versus evil, Jedi vs Sith in the Skywalker Saga ends with one Palpatine battling another Palpatine. Really? This is how you honor the legacy of Star Wars and the original trilogy? Fuck you, J.J. J. Abrams. And fuck you, Disney. The sequel trilogy proved to me that Disney cares about Star Wars and its fans the same way that Palpatine cared about the Republic and its citizens. It's all about empire building. For Palpatine, it was power. For Disney, it's money. From my perspective, a lot of the new Star Wars content that Disney has created is actually not targeted at Star Wars fans, which on one level actually makes sense. If you're only going to create Star Wars for Star Wars fans, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. So I understand the business issues there and I also understand in theory that it would be good to bring more people into Star Wars fandom. But I just really wish that they could have done it in a way that they didn't have to kill the past in order to make way for the future. There's room for both Star Wars and non-Star Wars fans to come into a new evolved Star Wars fandom managed by Disney. This so far, I'm very disappointed in how we've started down our new path. However, not even Disney can make me hate Star Wars. Nothing can. Because actually, the opposite of love is not hate. It's apathy. And that's what Disney has achieved with the sequel trilogy. They have made me apathetic to the world of Star Wars beyond the original trilogy. For what happens after the events of Return of the Jedi. As I had mentioned before... Disney has reinvented the expanded universe. It manages it much more actively under the principles that everything is canon and everything is connected. In general, those two ideas are not bad. Obviously, it's a part of cross-media integration and promotion because Disney wants you to not only see the movies, but also consume its other canonized content. Comics, books, video games, and television shows, but the problem for me. Is when you put such a large piece of canonized content like the sequel trilogy out there, it really poisons the canon well for me for events set after Return of the Jedi. As I also mentioned earlier, the Star Wars universe that the original trilogy created was full of possibility and imagination, and that every time we get new canon, even before the Disney acquisition, It was going to replace part of that possibility and imagination with, this is how it is. But new canon shouldn't change or weaken previous or future material. And an example of this, and also to show that this is not an entirely anti-Disney rant, is Star Wars Rebels, an animated series done entirely under the Disney umbrella and set in between the events of the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. In between the events of Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Star Wars Rebels is four seasons, it's a complete story, beginning, middle, and end, and it may be one of the best Star Wars stories ever told. It's also a great indication of how not even Disney can fuck up stories inside the timeline of the prequel and original trilogies because there are so many narrative limitations that would prevent you from retconning or contradicting all of the canonized material that surrounds it. Which is why, for me, going forward, that's what Star Wars is going to be for me. Everything established within the timeline of the prequel and original trilogies, in between and including The Phantom Menace and Return of the Jedi. That leaves the prequel and original trilogy in play, It leaves Clone Wars animated series, Star Wars Rebels. It even leaves Disney's two anthology films in play. I hated Solo, but I don't reject it as not being canon. I just didn't like its story, and I thought it was a useless movie. Except for explaining the Kessel Run. I like Rogue One. It served a purpose. It complements New Hope well. It helps fill in a Death Star vulnerability plot hole in the original trilogy. And it gives us a kick-ass Darth Vader scene. And again, I'm cautiously optimistic about the Kenobi series and the Cassian Andor series, which again are also both set in that sweet spot in between the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. But once we cross that boundary of Return of the Jedi, that's where for me, I have to stop seeing that as canon and look at that part of the new Disney expanded universe the same way that I looked at the old expanded universe that it's just commercialized fan fiction. In the case of Disney, it's corporate crappy fan fiction. And in case you're wondering, The Mandalorian, the first ever live action Star Wars television show, I also reject that. The very next episode on our podcast will be Mike and I discussing The Mandalorian. Going forward, for me, Star Wars canon ends with Return of the Jedi. But no matter what, Remember, the Force will be with you always. That's it for this Jimmy Sode. Thank you for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater. You can find all of our episodes on all major podcast platforms and players. You can follow us on Twitter at Fanboy and Hater, and you can email us at TheFanboyandTheHater at gmail.com.